One of the most fundamental roles we play as effective parents is that of protector. Of course, protecting our kids physically is important, but protecting their emotional and spiritual health is even more important. Today, we'll be talking with Dr. Josh Straub. He'll share how emotional safety is the key to raising kids who live, love, and lead well as we provide them a safe house to grow and become everything you and God would want them to be. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, while working with kids and families at Shepherd's Hill Academy, you guys make it a point that every kid experiences a safe environment, Mm -hmm. both physically and emotionally. And kids also share that feeling safe, it freed them up to growing spiritually. Mm -hmm. In light of today's discussion, can you touch on that just a bit? Yeah, uh, but first I need to clarify something by saying that our kids are certainly not surrounded in emotional bubble wrap at Shepherd's Mm -hmm. Hill. Uh, Physical and or emotional risk still exists, uh, but that's true everywhere. Uh, I mean, just look at the church, we're crying out loud, right? Uh, Some would say that because our kids live in primitive cabins in the woods with no running water, electricity, or digital technology for a full year, that it's anything but safe. I'd say these folks need to talk to our families. Uh, here at Shepherd's Hill, kids are uh, around horses doing equine therapy. I mean, that's a physical risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play sports, a physical risk. They chop wood to keep warm in the winter, more physical risk. They confess their sins one to another. That's an emotional risk. They, they work with our counselors and therapists, more emotional risk. They know our teachers will give them an F if they deserve an F, more emotional risk. Mm-hmm. But you know why they all feel safe despite all this risk? They know we love them. They see us risk and sacrifice for them to minimize unnecessary risks and dangers. Uh, We don't allow them to do stupid things without appropriate consequences. Believe it or not, they appreciate that, and they'll tell you so. And we've proven ourselves to be emotionally stable ourselves, sane people in a world that is now systemically mentally ill. Yet we've also proven ourselves to be human, but we're humans accountable to a superhuman and transcendent God whose standards for living life have proven to be everything we all need for righteousness, peace, and joy, which the Bible calls, what, the kingdom of God. Kids come to realize that though humans will sometimes fall short, God nor his standards will ever fall short. Mm-hmm. So there's safety and security just in knowing that, they are, uh, that there are rather transcendent standards that apply to everyone. And with the aid of a God-honoring authoritative community to lean on, like family in the church— They know how and where to return to when they stray. All that to say that kids themselves will tell us that we've proven to provide for them a safe place to experience and explore things that our society is increasingly marginalizing, uh, slandering, and or redefining. It's what used to be called common sense, objective truth, logic, empirical science, sanity, love, and what it truly means to be human. To the kids... Uh, These are all vehicles for bringing them to a place of emotional, physical, and spiritual safety. We know it as God's ecosystem. And I'm seeing the Zoomers starting to catch on big time, way more than millennials. Because once the kids experience these things in real time, 
over time, the physical and emotional what of it all gets seen for what it really is, which is the spiritual who of it all. Mm. Well, our guest today, Unlicensed, parent, will probably have something to say about all of this, Trace. Our guest today is Dr. Josh Straub. And first and foremost, Josh says that he is husband to Christy and dad to three little Straubs, and that is integral in all that he does. Josh and his wife lead an organization called Famous at Home, and they equip leaders corporations, and families in emotional intelligence and relational connection. And Josh also co-hosts the podcast Famous at Home with his wife, Christy, and he's authored and co-authored nine books. And we're going to learn a lot in our time with Josh about taking your parenting to the next level. He wants to help you lead and love from a full heart. Well, Josh, welcome back to the Licensed to Parent broadcast, brother. It's been uh, way too long. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm, it's always an honor to be with you. Well, uh, again, it's been a while since you've been with us. And in that time, a lot of terms, even godly terms, have been redefined with the devil's dictionary. Do you think the term safe might be one of those terms? Oh, man, it's such a great, great statement. And, and your opening statement today was just spot on. I, I believe genuinely that, you know, the word safe really in our culture we 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 love extremes it's like we tend to you know one extreme is you know we need to come down harsh and and really discipline our kids and and we ignore the emotions pretending that you know if you suppress repress or or dismiss them that um that that's godly you know and and that, that you know some circles that saying well you shouldn't pay attention to your emotions and if your emotions drive who you are then then you're not you know really following what's right and wrong and and mm-hmm. uh, and that's on one side of the spectrum. And then on the other side of the spectrum is where we say, you know what, um, let's just be safe. Let's not worry about the boundaries. Let's not worry about, you know, consequences. Let's just, you know, cuddle up and, and be nice and, and make sure we're all comfortable. And the reality is, is neither one of those extremes are helpful. We need to genuinely right. understand, you know, I, I, I always love using the Lord's prayer as a framework, you know, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. We're bringing kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I genuinely believe that that is what that means. Uh, it means a lot of different things, but I think as it relates to how we relate to people, that we want to relate to our kids, to one another on earth as it is in heaven. And that is with grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. And there are truths in this world that our kids have to pay attention to, that we have to pay attention to, that keep us uh, on that narrow road that Jesus describes. So as you said in the opening, which I thought was so beautiful, so that it avoids and helps our kids avoid consequences that, that they otherwise don't need to be having. Mm-hmm. And and that really comes about by, a, I believe, grace and truth. You can also use the, the terms support and challenge, that we challenge them in a healthy way as they navigate the, the world. And ultimately, that as we come alongside and support and love our kids and help them understand what it is they are feeling, that, that emotions do matter, that they are God-given to us to teach us about situations, other people, maybe even how he's speaking to us, that they are important. Uh, I think that as we come alongside our kids in that, in that journey, uh, we really raise kids who um, can, can navigate the world around them and grow into emotional and spiritual maturity. Absolutely. 
Well, I know your book, Safe House, isn't about hiding all the sharp objects or helicopter parenting. Mm -hmm. Is what you just said an overview of Safe House, or would you like to add to that? Yeah, so Safe House really is, um, it, it is a little bit of an overview. You know, we, we really talk about uh, living within four walls. You know, you live in a home, you live in a house, and and the way that we uh, prop those those walls up are um, uh, exploration and protection. So, uh, you know, research has found that uh, kids who are free to explore the world around them, uh, not that they're bubble wrapped, uh, but they're free to explore the world around them, leads to self-confidence and self-competence later in life. But you don't want your kids to explore too far without healthy support and protection. Mm -hmm. And so we really look at these walls of exploration and protection as over time, you know, the younger your kids are, the higher the wall of protection will be. But right. as they get older, you want that wall of exploration to begin to increase and your protection to decrease as your children are able to step out into the world around them. And then the other two walls that we, we talk about that are perpendicular to that are grace and truth, that we always lead in grace and we follow up in truth. And I believe that so often what ends up happening is we as parents tend to lead in truth and follow up in grace. And uh, as my friend John Townsend says, truth without grace will always be received as condemnation. Mm, and there's a lot true. of times where we as, we as parents, we come down hard in truth, but we don't, we don't give the grace component. And that's what we describe as the boss parent, the grace-filled parent who, who doesn't really follow up with truth uh, is that BFF parent. And that's the, that's the other extreme, right? Maybe you, right. Were, you grew up with a boss parent um, who was really hard. Uh, and all of a sudden, and, and this, is, this is really where I just want to bring this conversation today, because I think this is really critical. We tend to parent either the way that our parents parented us, or we parent the exact opposite way that they parented us, because we don't like the way they parented us. But we right. do both without even thinking about why. We just, mm -hmm. we just, it's just subconscious or unconscious to us. And I believe it's really important for us to take a look at the scriptures and also do our own inner work and our own inner healing to identify how we are parenting and why we're parenting the way that we are, because what we have found through research and, and when you, I can sum up all of parenting research into one primary conclusion. And that's this, that our children become who we are. Right. And so my becoming as an adult, as a father is more predictive of how my kids will turn out than my techniques in how I'm parenting. Yeah. And so if that's true, I need to be paying attention to how I'm showing up for them in their worlds. Josh, just as you're talking here, I'm listening with a mom's ear and I'm thinking, this sounds not only that I have to be intentional, but that I have more work to do, not just, I mean, on myself in order for me to parent. And that's just too much. I'm not going to do it. Um, do you get pushback from some people going, oh, this is a lot? No, actually, it's what we hear is quite the opposite because a lot okay. of times what ends up happening is we hear moms who are saying, I'm not allowed to take care of myself. I shouldn't be taking care of myself. My kids should come first. And we're saying, oh no, you should be the priority. And it, and, and it's this like, oh, so I can, because the more you prioritize your own world and yourself, the better able you are to show up mm -hmm. for your kids. And, and the other stuff will flow from there. Mm -hmm. So for example, today, the very first thing I did when I got out of bed is 
I worked out. It's the very first thing I did. Um, and then I had my coffee and I did my quiet time and that type of thing. But I get up before an hour and a half before anybody else is out of bed because I know that if I prioritize myself first, when my kids come downstairs, I'm a different human and I am showing up for them. I'm present for them. And again, I'm not saying everybody needs to wake up at 530 and work out. But what I am saying is find what works for you so that you can prioritize how you're showing up for your house. Because I, myself, Christy and my wife, we drive the climate of the home. And when we're not doing well, the entire home feels it. No, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I often use the uh, airplane oxygen mask as an analogy. Yeah. You know, they, they tell you, you got to put your mask on first or you're, you're, you're no help to your kids, right, at that particular point. Yeah. We know it's important to be emotionally stable ourselves. And we also know that there are a lot of parents who are emotionally unstable who just, I don't know, accidentally turn out some pretty squared away kids and and vice versa. Sometimes the best parents turn out some real um, mess ups. Uh, how do we explain that? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And I think this is what's so fascinating about the grace of God and just to take the pressure off of any parent listening is that it's never too late. And you know, we always can be growing in emotional maturity. Uh, there's a scriptural basis to this. Uh, there's research basis to this. But, you know, it's fascinating to me that there's research that, that links back to saying that uh, our kids will not outgrow our emotional maturity while they're under our roof. So in other words, mm. my emotional or spiritual, maybe even ceiling is going to be my child's floor. And, and again, that goes back to, hey, how am I really prioritizing my own story as I parent and, and journey alongside my kids? And I think what ends up happening in situations like that, again, every, every situation is unique. Every situation is different. But because um, you also have the calling of God on an individual's life and, and which is also, you know, is how, how well is that child answering that, those nudgings of the heart, you know? And so I think there's a supernatural component to it. But I also think in the natural, we need to pay attention to biblical community. Um, we cannot underestimate the power of a coach, the power of a pastor, a youth pastor, a children's minister, the power of a teacher, uh, the power of uh, great friendships, other families. Yeah. You know, our goal in our home is we're trying to surround ourselves with as many like-minded families and, and surround ourselves with parents who've gone before us. And we look at their kids and we go, whatever it is you did, we want to soak it all in and we want to be around you. And I think there's, you know, we, we're living in a, you know, Pew Research just came out about six months ago and found that we, the, the, the loneliness, it's like we're smoking 15 cigarettes a day right. uh, comparable to, you know, the loneliness of, of America. And I think we have to really pay attention to that as families and be willing and courageous to step out as parents and say, who can we surround ourselves mm -hmm. with and just invite over and, and let's just surround ourselves with biblical community. I think that is a major factor. I mean, what you're describing is what uh, some research from the YMCA USA came up with, the importance of an authoritative community. That's how they defined it. Oh, wow. Just what you're saying. And it's affecting these kids at the cellular level. Uh, what goes into us is affecting us. And, and that's why what, what our kids are entertained by, the, the people they're exposed to, the education they're getting – 
is so important. There's a science behind it, but there's also a theology uh, behind it. Sadly, I see a lot of parents today creating kids they don't even like. And more and more couples are now opting out of ever having kids, uh, largely because of what they're seeing uh, uh, today's kids put their parents through. Have we allowed our kids to pleasure and entertain themselves into little entitled narcissistic Frankenstein monsters that no one likes either? I think it's fascinating. You know, we live in a culture today that is so stressed and so busy. In fact, we surveyed over 700 parents in our community and asked them their greatest parenting struggle. And uh, too busy and not enough time was the number one parenting struggle of our day. And so what ends up happening is, is in a culture with high technology and iPhones and social media, we've allowed the screens to creep in and become babysitters. And when you wire a child's brain for screens, it becomes wired for screens. When you wire it for relationships, it becomes wired for relationships. And, you know, what ends up happening is, is are we becoming entitled? Yeah, research is showing that. But I think this has been going on since post-industrial revolution America. We, we have prioritized the individual pursuit over and above the family. And I think family, and so what we're doing is we're telling everybody you get your identity and what you do. Whereas most cultures throughout the history of the world, your identity was in the family you came from. Now, ultimately, we know our identity comes from Jesus or from our Heavenly Father as children of God. But out of the flow of that, even in Middle Eastern cultures, biblical times, you were known by the family you came from. And so, I think it's it's important for us to really reclaim the importance of what family is. And if we maintain an individual mindset, uh, culturally speaking, People aren't going to want to have kids because they don't see a purpose for them. There, there mm-hmm. really is no purpose because, because all they're doing then is they're impeding on my pursuit of what mm-hmm. I believe I need to be doing. And so here's a screen whereby, you know, we, we don't understand what it looks like. And I'm going to use the word here to shepherd, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to shepherd our kids' hearts. And that's a calling of God as a father and a mother. And it's a beautiful calling. And there's so much joy and purpose behind it. And I'll be very honest, we have turned down, you know, lots of different opportunities because I see my primary identity, not as a counselor, not as a PhD, not as a, uh, you know, anything that I do. I see my primary identity on this earth as a father. And every decision I make flows out of that first. And so mm-hmm. I think we have to really uh, come to that place to see your identity as a father and a mother is beautiful uh, yeah. and bigger and more purposeful than anything else this world could offer. Well, in defense of some of those old timers, you know, whether it be uh, the depression or the war or whatever, I mean, it was easy to get into that cycle of, hey, I got to provide for my family, you know, I, and that may have been part of that. I don't know. But I know my dad, who was no, no doubt abusive by today's standards and probably even by the standards of his day, was once asked by a friend. I remember this as a kid. He was, how do you get your kids to be so well-behaved? And here was his answer. Raising kids is simple. See size of parent, see size of child, class dismissed. Now, not to justify my dad's overly simplistic remedy here, but have we perhaps unnecessarily complicated child-rearing today? Uh, certainly God doesn't expect us all to be PhDs in child psychology to, do, to be good parents, does he? 
No, it's it's a great point. You know, I genuinely believe, I love the way Dan Siegel talks about this, is just showing up, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's such a, to simplify it into showing, how well am I showing up? And the thing that I'll ask the question of, so this morning, I'll just give this practical example. I was working out this morning and our three-year-old son, three-and-a-half-year-old son comes downstairs and he has a green light on a clock that it, it, when that light turns green, he's allowed to come down. Mm-hmm. If it's not green yet, he can play in his room. And so he comes down before it was green while I'm working out and he brings his Legos down. And I said, buddy, is your light green? And he said, no, dad. And I said, okay, buddy, you know, you have to wait till it's green. And he says, I play, I play Legos with you, dad. You play Legos with me? And here's a three-year-old boy who's in the independent, I'm talking, I don't think terrible twos are a thing anymore. I think it's terrible threes. He's in that, like, he's in that. And, and, and so we have to set boundaries. And so, but I also know the cry of his heart is to play, is to play Legos. And so I said, when your light turns green and you come down, I will play Legos with you. And so that gave me the time to finish my workout. Um, and, but I, I've got to follow through on that. I know the cry of his heart is play Legos. If I can't play Legos with him in that moment, then I'll say, you come down, we'll get breakfast and I will play Legos today, but I'm going to show up in his world. And then as I show up in his world, it makes discipline much easier. Whereas if I'm not putting those loving deposits into his life and into his world, when he's saying, play with me or see me, and I'm not seeing him, when I go to discipline, I don't have as much relational capital, which means he's probably going to be more defiant. And so I think if we can just really balance showing up well, it, it again, it's not going to always be easy. But I think this idea of emotional safety where we're entering our kid's world allows us to be able to simplify it a little bit. Mm. Now, Josh, give us an idea. What does showing up look like for your older kids? Yeah, same, yeah, great question. And, and honestly, it, it's a lot of the same thing. You know, my 11-year-old, my 9-year-old, they're very different. So I have an 11-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter. And both are very different. But what we do, and, and this is just an example of what we'll do. On Sundays, we have a family meeting every Sunday. And we go throughout the week ahead. Now, we homeschool uh, and, and we work from home. So we have a lot going on in the home. Mm-hmm. And... We will have a family meeting each week. We'll look at the week ahead. And one of our questions in our family meeting, we ask our nine and 11 year old in particular, what is it that you need this week? And sometimes it's, I need one-on-one time with dad. I need one-on-one time with mom. Sometimes it's my 11 year old son is into building. Uh, he got a, uh, a workbench for Christmas and a battery operated uh, screwdriver. Like he's into building projects. And there's sometimes he'll say, I just need to get out in the workshop. Um, I need to have you out there with me, dad, and let's get out in the workshop. Um, there's sometimes where my daughter says, dad, can you come outside and build a city with me? And we'll build a city out of leaves and rocks and, mm. and, and that type of thing. We just, it just takes, you know, just the two of us together. And so we just check in once a week to say, what is it that you need this week and how are you doing? And, and it, it opens up the opportunity for our kids to know that they can come to us when they're feeling off, if you will. Yeah. I want to go back to that showing up thing because I think we have a showing up problem 
in America today. And I think for those parents who have maybe not shown up, I w- I'd like to encourage you with something here. Uh, I already mentioned that my dad was pretty much of an abusive guy. I, I want to say that kids are very resilient. And the thing that, that, that made me really appreciate my father, my own father, was he, I mean, he, he divorced my mom when, when divorce wasn't cool back in the early 60s. And, you know, when I was about five years old. But from the time I was five to the time I graduated high school, he never missed a Friday. I mean, he showed up in a taxi cab a number of times because his car broke down. Uh, he was an auto racer, so he could navigate the snow pretty good in the Midwest. Uh, and so he'd show up uh, in the snow when the snow was, no one's, no one's on the highway. He was. He bit, When he was sick, he, he, would, he would pay someone to come and pick us up. So uh, just showing up is, I think there's a saying, isn't uh, showing up 90% of success? I think that carries over into parenting mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know, in our book, Famous at Home, one of the things I talk about, I, I, I talk about that with my own dad I, I, in the early story. My dad passed in 2016. And, but, um, and, and I talk about how in emotional, big emotional moments of my life, he didn't necessarily know how to, to show up because his dad hadn't shown up for him. And I learned this through therapy. But yet I can count on one hand the number of wrestling matches and baseball games my dad missed. And it was because he couldn't get off work in time to travel to an away match. Mm. Uh, He was always in the stands. I say the same thing. Like my parents divorced. I grew up with divorced parents. Um, And yet, um, yeah, he showed up. He was always in the stands. And I think there's something special about that. That There definitely is. Well, Josh, our time has passed way too quickly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your ministry, Famous at Home. Uh, It's an honor to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent was Dr. Josh Straub. You can connect with Josh at famousathome.com. Also, check out his podcast with his wife, Christy, Famous at Home. Also, if you want to hear more of this conversation, we have an extended version of our time with Josh on our podcast, which you can find at licensedtoparent.org or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent after this. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill by going to LicensedToParent.org. Okay, Trace, we're going to change things up just a little bit and share um, with our listeners what's going on. It seems like there has been some changes happening here at Shepherd's Hill Academy over the last six months. And 
of course, we know changes can be hard. Um, but can you fill us in on what's going on? Yeah, uh, for the last 15 or so years, uh, I have had the honor and the privilege to interview many of the best and the brightest in the fields of child and family relationships, cultural studies and insights that affect parent-child relationships, Hollywood filmmakers, scientists, theologians, authors, mental and medical health professionals, philosophers, mm-hmm. and many of the giants in today's broadcasting who have uh, had their fingers on the pulse of many of the things affecting child rearing for today's parents, Christian and secular alike. And, and the interesting thing is, Michelle, virtually every one of them, whether they realized it or not, would have understood and affirmed the biblical principles for child rearing uh, from their respective disciplines, whether they were actually Christians or not. Because the Bible and science don't contradict one another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible and objective truth uh, do not contradict one another. For all these years, I've left every licensed parent broadcast feeling very much affirmed uh, about what our kids and families are learning and experiencing at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Family healing and life transformations are the physical evidences that God and his word through Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, and certainly the model for a parent's best shot at raising healthy, well-adjusted kids in a society that's imploded before our eyes. When we first launched Licensed to Parent, uh, only a man and a woman could possibly make a marriage. Only a man and a woman could have possibly birthed and raised a healthy child. Uh, Virtually all Americans would have agreed with that. Today, in the eyes of more and more people, our systemically, mentally, and spiritually ill society doesn't even know what a man or a woman is. This and much more is just an example of how quickly and how drastically reality itself is being redefined and how science is being ignored. Because that was only 12, 13 years ago. (laughs) It's crazy. One of the highest compliments that has been paid to this broadcast, as far as I'm concerned, is the idea that we have not been giving parents answers to their most common questions, but rather licensed parents have been giving parents answers to questions they should be asking but aren't. Just like our goal at Shepherd's Hill Academy, our goal here at Licensed Parents has always been to help build better parents by helping them to become change agents to our culture rather than helping them to become more microcosms of it. Today's church has produced too many of those already, and now it seems we've had hell to pay for it. But in the course of being a beacon of light in a dark world with respect to raising kids, I've also had the privilege of working with consummate professionals who've helped make this broadcast what it is, uh, uh, people like Rich Rosel, Carl Peetz, and my co-host, Michelle Hill. Um, I want to thank you guys big time. Uh, this, too, has been an honor and a privilege. Uh, so it's with a heavy heart uh, that I have to say uh, that today is our last licensed to parent radio broadcast, uh, at least until prayer and circumstance dictate otherwise, or perhaps Jesus comes back. <laughs> Uh, There are many reasons for this decision. Uh, First and foremost are health reasons. So I would ask you to please pray for my wife, Beth, who is dealing with health issues right now. She's been given a serious cancer diagnosis. Uh, Therefore, uh, I'll be doing my best to make her my first ministry right now. Again, until prayer and circumstances dictate otherwise. In the meantime, if you'd like to continue listening to our Licensed to Parent broadcast, just go to our Licensed to Parent uh, website, licensedtoparent.org. Uh, and click the button to subscribe to our podcast as prayer, time, and circumstances dictate. I look forward to providing you the same kind of information our radio broadcast has provided these past several years. Uh, Thank you so much for the love and support you've given us. I love you. And as always, remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. And we do hope to see you another time, Lord willing.